Hello and welcome to episode number 32 of the Ford Nelson podcast and this is officially the finale of season 2 so we won't be back next week we undoubtedly will be back at some point but we're going to have a little break so with that being said this is the final episode of season 2 before we look at season 3 so let me bring in the co-star, the main man, Jamie Michael Owen Shelley. Jamie, how very are we? Oh man, I'm good. Can't believe it's like the end of season two. Like we're getting towards like epic TV show territory with like multi seasons. As you say in community, six seasons in a movie. That's what I want. Six seasons of this, and then you know the epic movie version of of the podcast. Man, it's um, yeah, it's been a you know, last season it felt like, you know, we were doing a service to the people, but really just enjoying it. This time I felt like we were doing a service to the people. And, uh, man, wrestling. Man, wrestling. This thing we love so much. Why does it hurt us? That's what I want to know, Steph. Yeah, season two was probably a little more on the negative slash depressing side of things. But we can only call what we see. I would love for this to be a positive, uplifting show. And every week we talk about how epic wrestling was. But simply, we haven't had any lyrics to put the music to, quite frankly. So, you know, or should I say any music to put the lyrics to? That was probably a bit better. Uh, Because obviously wrestling has not been great during the covid period nor does it look like there's an end in sight i have to say i'm fresh off watching aew and smackdown although smackdown was a better show this week i have to say it had its moments uh it still wasn't really anything to rate to run and rave about and i have to say aew this week was just a a, a pure indie rific show that i felt like i'd just paid 20 dollars or 20 pounds, 10 pounds, whatever it is to go into and and watch. It was um, very indie-rific. So it was interesting watching Dynamite and then SmackDown straight away. WWE is by far a more polished product. Um, it's just that there's just nothing to it. It's got a more polished look about it. The matches are conducted a little bit better. Uh, but... There's just no substance to WWE. I think where AEW is better is at least where they kind of continue storylines and attempt to to put reasoning behind why they do things. But in terms of the in-ring matches, I have to say WWE is, is far and away better because AEW is just 29 Canadian Destroyers and Torpay Suicida Central. It's, I'm, I'm so over it. But the continuation of storylines are better on AEW. Yeah, I agree. I mean, to be honest, it's almost like if you put the two shows together, you, you'd get something, you know? Like, if you're like, right, if you take the best parts of AW and the best parts of WWE, there, there's something there. It's just... You know, I was watching the Monday Night Wars again, and it was like Eric Bischoff was, was saying that, you know, I tried to be everything that WWE wasn't, you know? If they were, you know, characters, then I was going to have serious street, you know, names etc if they were going to have you know you know chain wrestling i was going to have hardcore wrestling etc um and it's almost like that you almost feel like the two companies are so polar opposites on what they're doing that you get this really huge fan base for AEW who hate everything about WWE, 
and think AEW is amazing. And you get this fan base who want the polished product and think everything that AEW does is terrible. Whereas I feel like people like me and you are kind of in the middle where like, I can, I can see the benefits of both, but also the negatives of both. And at the moment, the last couple of months to a year, the negatives have just been way outweighing the positives for, for more WWE than AEW, but certainly on both sides. Yeah, I mean, the main event of Dynamite this week was Chris Jericho, well, Les Sex Gods, shall we say, which is quite funny. Les Sex Gods versus Best Friends, which I didn't have a problem with. There was a reason why they were having the match. The the Best Friends were putting on their title opportunity on the line with Les Sex Gods. All good stuff. Very good. My only issue with the match was that at the end, uh, Sammy Guevara hits um, not... Chucky T, Trent. He hits Trent with the bat and then he hits his 450 splash on him. And I think it was a 450 splash or it was a, what was it? It was anyway, his big finish. And then there was the one, two, and Trent kicks out. And it was like, well, <laughs> the, the match could have ended there. All right. The uh, Jericho didn't, uh, the Sex Gods didn't win. But why do you have to bring that in? That's a finish. That's a good finish. If you want to do that finish, save it for another match. Like, why are you going to... Like, the guy's just been hit with a baseball bat and a finisher, and he's still going to kick out. For me, that just summed yeah. up the whole thing. They don't protect finishers at all. Um, yeah. And I had a problem with the match itself, because the sex gods, as far as I know, have had, you know, not even a handful of matches. Um, they're not even the established tag team in their faction, and yet we could have had, I know they didn't win the end, um, but we could have had, you know, two members of the elite who are not the elite tag team as tag team champions against two members, um, you know, of the inner circle who aren't tag team of that faction against each other for tag titles. Now, the only reason I had a problem with this setup is I've already, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I love um, Omega, you know, I, I love Hangman Adam Page. I'm not criticizing them and i think they work well as a tag team but because they haven't been the established tag team and they kind of leapfrog all the other tag teams and have been defeating the other tag teams almost on a weekly basis um i just feel like this whole aew you know tag team wrestling is going to be so important to us everything is about tag team wrestling for me it just it it shoots with a little bit of hypocrisy because i always criticize wwe for just throwing tag teams together and then going right you're, you're you're the tag teams now um, so I don't like that aspect of it as well. I'd much rather see like the established tag teams getting a run with the belts and also, you know, being pushed. At the moment, it seems like the only tag- established tag team that are really getting pushed um, towards the title, that is, is um, Best Friends. And at the expense of the other tag teams, whereas in the other section of the night, the other tag teams, I mean, there's about six of them that ring at one point. There's so much talent there. So much, and I think they should be getting you know the time with the gold rather than putting over Kenny Omega and Hangman and Page, who for me don't need it. Yeah, I did notice, I think it was FTR, and then it was the um Jimmy Havoc and uh Kit Sabian, and who well, else? Like, young, young Bucks, and uh, the Butcher Blade guys. And I have to say, when that, I did see that, I was like, why isn't the tag team titles involved in, in this little thing? Like, why? That didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, just put the titles on the Young Bucks just for the sake of having them in that 
that little feud that's going on because all that feud's happening, but the tag titles are nowhere to be seen and nothing to do. No, with. and they're trying to say to be the best tag team. They're, they're fighting apparently to be the best tag team. You're like, well, you're the best tag team. You should be champions. Like, why are FTR coming over and going straight after the Young Bucks? How inflated are the Young Bucks' egos? You know that they have to be put in that position. If, if it's me, I'm going after the gold. Uh, and I know there's a backstory to it, so I'm not trying to discredit that entirely. But for me, you're only you could only call yourself the best tag team if you are the champs. Now, AEW's been going for what, 18 months, a bit longer now, and Young Bucks haven't had the titles around their waist at any point. So for JR and everyone to keep saying this is the best tag team in the world, it's just it's a patronizing. It's b bollocks because they're not the champs and haven't been um and see it's just that kind of it discredits the the belts yeah and i think the other problem they've had and we've i've kind of made this point before but every champ in aew is babyface where are the bad guys there's no fucking bad guys in aew Everyone's fucking babyface. So there's no one that you want to see. There's no badass in there that you want to see come in and, and hurt people or get hurt or, you know, you want to see their ass kick. There is, and this, is, this isn't a problem just in AEW. This is a problem in professional wrestling. And when I say professional wrestling, I mean of the highest level, i.e. WWE, AEW. There's no bad guys. There is no legitimate bad guys. You had Baron Corbin in WWE that I think, Usually winning the King of the Ring is the launch pad. That killed him. He looks like an idiot. He looks like an yeah. absolute jackass. But you had a heel that people legitimately didn't like. And then you had Roman Reigns beat the piss out of him for three months. And, and throw dog food on him and, and all that nonsense. You had uh, Brody Lee, which again was too green to go for the title. He could have been your, your big uh, heel. And then you had, uh, oh, I said Dean Ambrose, John Moxley beat the piss out of him. And then now you've got this big guy with Taz who looks awesome, but he ain't going to beat John Moxley. And you've got, uh, what's his name now? The uh, MJF, who everyone's running and raving is a great hill, blah, blah, blah. He's pissing around with Jungle Boy. He's not doing anything. He's not, you know, I still think he is going to be the next champ. But man, they're really taking their time with him, like literally from day one. They're still building this guy. I think he's ready to be the big heel now that's going to go and face John Moxie and beat John Moxie. But at the moment, AEW is this happy-go-lucky place where all the champs are babyface. There's no one, like, there's no one to really hate there. And I think that is also a part of the problem. Is that what, what's a little bit frustrating is that Chris Jericho is meant to be a heel. Everyone loves him. Chris Jericho right now is the biggest wrestler in the world, bar none. And everyone loves him, but he's meant to be a heel. So. He comes out, everyone's singing his his uh, entrance theme. So that, for yeah. me, is... Well, the whole really Inner Circle, like... I mean, they did the, 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 what was it, the Inner Circle Bunch, or whatever they called it, yeah. um, and the comedy segments, and they were just getting over. And that that is part of the problem, is that, you know, with the exception of Jake Hager, who I think maybe gets a little bit of heat, the rest of them are just loved. I mean, Sammy Guevara's loved, you know. Um, Santana Ortiz are loved. <laughs> you know, it's... It's very difficult. And also, like, I, I get we're in a generation where you don't have to be a straight heel or a straight baby face. You know, there can be elements in between. But you should have some who are just pure. Hey, I mean, I could name probably a handful of people who are 
straight heel or straight face. No, straight heel anyway. Most people big face. Um, on one hand. And actually, there are so many guys who are face right now who, just like I said last week, are better as heel. You know, once again, we saw um, the title match at Backlash. Um, and you've got Braun Strowman, who is just pissing around with Miz and Morrison for no obvious reason. Um, and, it, you know, for me, he's he's better as a heel. And then, you know, on the other title match, you've got Drew McIntyre again. He just has just been a really poor champ up until this point. And again, it's like he's just works better as a heel. Why couldn't he have won it as a heel? Would have just been so much better. But no, everyone's got to have like happy baby faces at the moment as champions uh, across various brands. Yeah, and speaking of backlash, that's a nice segue because I really think we've got to to delve into that pay-per-view. A pretty polarising pay-per-view by every sense of the word. Um, what did you think of backlash? I'll put the ball in your court before I, before I pass my thoughts on it. There were good moments and bad moments. It was mixed. Um, it, the, the title matches were both, for me, terrible i mean all right admittedly the lashley drew mcintyre one was slightly better but for me the wrong outcome came out of that one um i don't honestly the u.s title was dead i i just don't like the belt i don't like who's had it in the last two years i really just think that's a dead in the water belt um and yet the ic title match which was awesome on smackdown wasn't on backlash just beggar's belief um the low point, though, was the Viking Raiders against the Street Profits with random ninja giants and Braun Strowman's car. And that, for me, was just a lo- not even a low point for them. It was a low point for wrestling in general. And that's been a dragged out, I say feud, I don't know what it is. I mean, are they friends? Are they feuding? I don't really know at this point in time. Uh, and it was even further unclear on Raw. That, for me, was a low point. Surprisingly, a kind of high point for the evening, although it was billed wrong, was Edge versus Randy Orton. I thought it was actually a good match. It just, when you bill it as being the greatest wrestling match ever, you've booked yourself into a corner. It was never going to live up to the hype. Uh, I don't know why they started doing rock bottoms and pedigrees and <laughs> what else. But, yeah, that, for me, it was a good, it was a good match I, I was happy to see edge involved in a good match but you know I, I know it sounds awful edge is like my favorite wrestler of all time but i'm almost glad he's torn a bicep so we can just put this to bed and, and just move them away from each other although the signs with christian on raw suggest that might not be the case <laughs> yeah um okay where do i begin i think backlash for me i think was probably the end of the line i think for the first time ever when I was watching that pay-per-view and in particular the Street Profits and Viking Raiders part, for the first time ever, I thought to myself, I'm 32 years old and I'm watching this product of fake fights, which up until now I've always been happy to do so because on some level I've always been entertained. He's always been entertaining, no matter what. And I will always defend wrestling fans to the end of the earth whenever people are trying to criticise them. The same people who will then happily go and watch a film such as, and this is just a random example that pops into my head, Iron Man. 
someone is happy to go and watch Iron Man, which is a completely fictional character who will go and build this super machine and fly around and get into all these fights, then them same people will turn around and criticize wrestling fans, right? So that's always the first thing. However, I felt like for the first time, seriously, genuinely, my intelligence was being insulted by WWE, by the product. That segment was hands down, far and away, the worst wrestling segment I have ever seen in my life. And I'm talking Katie Vick. I'm talking Mae Young giving birth to a hand. I'm talking two canes. That segment was the worst wrestling segment I have ever watched. And it, it was so bizarre and so unnecessary, so not funny, so not entertaining, that I, I, for me, there was just no going back from that. And the only thing that I think that could have rivaled that on the night was the Edge and Randy Orton match with the fake crowds, the fake selling, the fake, like, again, the rock bottoms, the pedigrees, the, pe- the crowd looked ridiculous ridiculous they looked so stupid trying to really sell something that it was just a bang average thing you know as you say if it was just a match that just happened yeah it would have been a good match would have been a great match would have been a good match but the whole thing just insulted my intelligence to the point that it wasn't entertaining it was wasting my time and from there i was like i need a long break from this product before i go back to it and i am going to be taking that break after this podcast well, yeah, I mean, it's become increasingly hard. Like, you know, we started this podcast because we were watching wrestling every week. We're on different sides of the world. We, you know, we, you know, we almost did it for us to start off with, you know, to, to, to you know, have that chat and talk about wrestling and just enjoy talking about it. It's become a job. It's become a part of <laughs> like a week where I'm literally like, saying to my wife, oh, babe, I've got to watch Smackdown. I know. I know. Uh, I just need to watch it for the podcast. Yeah, and, and it's. That's not why we started it, you know, um, and, and I think that's become increasingly difficult. And that's what I said. We, I don't want to say it'd be negative, it's, it, but it just is. I mean, if I start to sit down and go, right, what's the positives of wrestling in, in the last year? OK, you know, apart from some individuals who have stood out, you know, you know, the, the rises of people like MJFs and Sammy Guevara's and, and, you know, people, individuals who have kind of come to the fore and been like, yeah, I'll take take the mantle. So much more has gone in the other direction that it's just it's become increasingly difficult. Even guys like anyone in NXT, I find it hard to invest in them now because I know they're going to be crushed. I don't invest in people because I know what's going to become of them. You know, I'm aware that sort of you know COVID has had its own difficulties, but you know, people like Pete Dunne, I was so excited to see where he was going to go in the next couple of years and it's just it's fallen by the wayside you know when you think about groups like the undisputed era i thought they could be the new dx or the new nwo and i just think now nah, they're gonna faff around on nxt now until eventually they break up and do their own thing you know adam cole i thought was gonna be a great champion i know he's an nxt champion but you know a great cross-brand champion and i just don't see that now you know and i just and then the wrong guys come up and you're sitting there watching you know, Angel Garcia and, you know, the one whose name I can never remember, Austin Theory, because it's such a ridiculous name, um, coming up and you think, well, where where does that come from? You've got guys who are busting their ass for like three years on NXT, you never see them. And then this guy comes in for two weeks, loses two matches, is suddenly meant to be a serious contender. Raw, it just, 
none of it makes sense and, and that's the problem is like the more you watch it the more you're loyal to brands and watch each show the more you kind of go well this doesn't make sense yeah and i think for me personally that loyalty was heavily tested at backlash like backlash just summed it up for me it summed up where wrestling is uh particularly in wwe and yeah it was it was stupid it was just silly the the main event with the fake crowds and I, I don't get it with the Howard Finkel thing. Like, are we trying to pay homage to like, what, what was, what, I don't get what they were trying to achieve in that match. Um, it they just booked make themselves make in a corner again is what yeah. they did. They just absolutely booked themselves into a corner where they had to come up with something to justify the tagline, the greatest wrestling match ever. And rather than try to go out and, have that wrestling match which i don't think either man is capable of not slagging off evil one they're both great absolutely hall of famers not discrediting everything they've done but they're not you know that traditional idea of wrestler you know um you know if eddie guerrero was up against um kurt angle and they wanted to build it as the greatest wrestling match ever all right i'll buy into it they could potentially put on the greatest wrestling match ever i'll, I'll stick myself into it but edge and mandy Orton are not those guys so it was just it was pointless booking where they went right. Well, what do we do now to justify this this unnecessary pressure that we put on this match? Oh, let's go out and have them do moves of legends. Let's have Howard Thinkle on the mic. Let's put a crowd out there to start chanting, "This is awesome! You still got it!" You know, just booked themselves in again. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Uh, so that was my thoughts on Backlash. I mean, there was not absolutely nothing else worth commenting on. Um, I mean, it's funny. I said last week that the only thing they can do with Apollo Crews is turn him heel, and it's, I'm glad to see it's going that way because they have to do something. They have to do something. And, you know, he screwed Shelton Benjamin on Raw, and that was, I guess, the one positive I can say about it. He has to be heel. Uh, I mean, someone has to be. And he's a hard guy to like at this point, Apollo Crews, because there's no reason to like him. Uh so that was a uh, one highlight, but um, Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. I said it before; he was being stupid when he was saying he wants to fight more people before he gets his chance at the Intercontinental Belt. And now this week on SmackDown, I'm assuming you saw SmackDown. Did you see SmackDown? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Okay, so this week on SmackDown, AJ Styles tells him to get into the ring like the good bitch boy he is in not so many words, and put that title around him and say congratulations. And Daniel Bryan yeah. actually did it? <laughs> he got into the ring, put the title around him, said congratulations, and went to walk off, then went on a run about how every other person around the ring should have the title match, not himself, everyone else. What the hell has happened to Daniel Bryan? <laughs> I have no idea, honestly. And that's the thing, it's like... I get being this, you know, noble character, and that's fine. But there is a fine line between nobility and stupidity, um, and that's that's pretty much up there, you know. Um, yeah, he's become like a caricature of himself, really, hasn't he? You know, I know he was like the planet's champion, and that was like obviously really kayfabe, and that was fine. You know, obviously he just played up something about him, you know, his personality and his, you know dietary requirements that up a lot now this just feels a bit like 
I'm going to try and write the most noble character that I could possibly have to the point where it actually feels dick, you know, legit. And would you do that in real life, you know? Yeah, it's like you're you're going to literally put on the title on someone else when you're an active wrestler. <laughs> like, uh, sorry, dude. That, that, remi- that reminds me of when KO was begging Shane McMahon not to fine him. Do you remember? And oh, it was oh, like, yeah. mate, this guy is just being a bitch. It's the same thing. It's like, I, he's meant to be babyface, but I can't like that. Where's it? I, I thought he, I seriously thought he was going to do something like slap on the yes lock or something like that. I like, I really thought he was going to do it, but then he just legit put the title on. And I was like, oh, mate, you deserve to be slapped about for that, really. Like, that's, that's just crazy. Um, so that was one thing I didn't like. Also, so Matt Riddle is on SmackDown now. Which I think has been way overhyped. I think all the internet's been buzzed about it. All of a sudden, Matt Riddle's big for the sake of being big. I've never been a big fan of Matt Riddle, but it is what it is. Now, what I did like, he had an awesome match on SmackDown with AJ Styles. That was a damn good match. Fair play to him. However, I just don't think... I think, again, he's been hot-shotted into a main event of sorts. He's with probably the best wrestler in the company. And... He's beaten him. He's got the kiss of death already. He ain't going to win the Intercontinental belt. I think he's going to lose. And then I think he's going to fade into obscurity once again. So I struggled to get excited for him. All right, I was never his biggest fan. But I don't think he's going to be a big deal in SmackDown. I really don't. I think he's Vince's latest flavor of the month. And then we all know what happens. Go and ask Ricochet, who hasn't been on TV God knows how long. Not that I'm complaining, but he hasn't. (laughs) yeah, I, I, it's the same formula. I can see exactly what's going to happen with Matt Riddle. And that's if he doesn't fail a wellness policy, by the way, because he's well known for his recreationals. So that's just a matter of time. <laughs> so, so what are your thoughts on, on Matt Riddle? Yeah, look, with Matt Riddle, I'm on offense because I do like him as an in-ring competitor. I really wish he'd put some boots on. I just really hate feet. Um, but <laughs> I... <laughs> the bro thing it's over like his moves are called like the bro Derek you know like oh it's like such like a sh- shit reference and, and like the flying you know, bro two... <laughs> yeah no I know no bro bro everything's bro like honestly I just I find him irritating to the point of I just I don't care and you know he he still rubbed me the wrong way when he was kind of going at legends when he hadn't done anything himself in wrestling and yeah, you know, drug use is going to be a problem later on down the line, I'm sure. Um, unless Vince wants to be... He might be one of the people that Vince overlooks um, on those wellness policies because we all know that Vince is selective about who he will won't test. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. I want to know how Cena has managed to pass every wellness policy ever thrown at him. <laughs> honestly, yeah. It's, it, it, it's ridiculous. But... We're you know, to, sorry, to, to, sorry to interrupt, no, but you know, Cena to this day, to this day, will deny any steroid use. At least The Rock openly admits it. Pretty much everyone that's done with the business now has been like, oh, hell yeah, obviously. But Cena to this day will swear that he's uh, just got good genes. That was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, he's passed every single wellness policy test, so, you know, the law is on his side on this one. But yeah, look, it's 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 one of those ones with Matt Riddle. It's I 
I don't know because, like you said, he had a good match with with AJ Styles. I've seen him have several good matches. He had a really great one with the Dream not too long ago, which I you know really enjoyed. You know, I think he does put together a good match, and that side of it, yeah, great. It's just the other side of it. You know, he's he's carny. He's so obsessed with this bro character. You know, he's another one who could do a going heel and just dropping the bro thing. And just kicking people's asses and yeah, nothing yeah. else. But you know, I think he's got a lot of control over his own character because he hasn't changed much from where he was in the indies. He hasn't developed into a, a new WWE style of character. He's just taken his old character and, and run with it. The thing is, he's a legit badass as well. So whether you like him or hate him or not, he could probably, with the exception of Brock, he could probably fuck up everyone in that locker room. So if he did go heel. I, I, I would back that. He could go heel and just legit just come and fuck up everyone and say, at the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm legit. Uh, he should literally turn around and say that. He'd go, I'm, I'm the only legit guy in here. And then let him run with it. Kind of like a Brock Lesnar type thing. And then that could even lead to him versus Brock. I still think Brock... I think Brock would give him a good legit fight. Um, but I think that they've got something potentially there. But as you say, this whole bro stuff, it's like... He's like a bad, the, the character I'm talking, not the wrestler. The character is like a bad RVD knockoff. It's a cheap RVD knockoff. Yeah, without the kind of like, RVD was cool. We didn't say he was cool. Yeah. It was that kind of, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and yeah. he feels like a bit more of like a, oh, I'm cool, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, uh. It's it it lacks a bit of the authenticity. Like RVD, you just knew that was RVD, you know? yeah. Right. Um. So yeah, but I think he'll have his little run. But I just don't see long term. We've we've been here so many times before. I I can't get excited for him going up to SmackDown the way the internet seems to have blown up about it. But I think a little bit of that is also due to the fact that nothing else is going on. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, I just think his his push his call up was just made such a big deal of, and I was like, "What's does no one see the formula of what happens when people get called up? He's done for. He's finished. Yeah, he and thrown in any- the main event too soon. That's yeah. the thing. Isn't it? It's like, yeah, I mean, you throw him up against AJ Styles, you know, the 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 newly crowned IC champion, and by the way, the most legit title in all of WWE. Like, forget. The universal world title that they're, they're done the ic title now is is the standard bearer for uh wrestling and you know he wins and he wins again not cleanly beware you know he, he wins with a distraction so you know it's already tainted yeah um just a spin-off on that uh bray wyatt <laughs> Um, an underwhelming return, in my opinion, D- didn't really do anything for me. It's it's frustrating that we're gonna unless he beats Braun for the title, which I hope happens. But even then, Bray doesn't need the title. It's like he's gonna come back, and literally, this thing's just gonna carry on, and then he's gonna start talking about the the past and all. Like it, it just did nothing for me that return. How did you feel about that? What do you mean, the three faces of Wyatt? Yeah. Um, I'm waiting. I can't wait to rumble where he comes out as all three characters. <laughs> it was. It was just. There was no. They do it time and time again. Someone will have a break, and they just come back the exact same. 
there's there's no development nothing at least i would have taken a new character in the funhouse a new puppet oh while i was away i also came across my new friend and then bring in a new puppet just do something and their idea of doing something is going back to doing the previous thing. <laughs> it's like... I don't know. I mean, oh. the only thing I thought Saving Grace I found for it is, you know, I got tired of the... Bra- like, the thing is about Bray Wyatt. I loved the Firefly character when he first came in. When he first, you know, became Bray Wyatt, you know, many years ago. Uh, you know, with the Fireflies and the Wyatt family. I loved it. But it got old quickly and it got repetitive quickly and it got boring and stale and then he wasn't winning the big matches so it was pointless then i liked it when he went away and came back as bray wyatt the firefly funhouse guy i was like oh this guy's not gonna be a champion but like he'll be damn interesting okay and then you know i was like okay after a few weeks of firefly funhouse they changed and brought this new character in the fiend and i was like cool i like the fiend that's that's amazing and then they fucked up there as well because they had him lose uh the Hair in a Cell match and just killed off the whole character within, you know, a minute. Well, they legit, they had Seth beat the living piss out of him in one night. They put like four or five months of work and just destroyed it in one match. Like they beat the living, Seth beat the piss out of him so bad that the match had to be stopped. This great monster that you just spent four months creating. And then he never recovered from that. Never. No. And he lost to Goldberg after that, and it just, you know, and now he's lost to Paul and Strowman. In fact, I think he's lost more than he's won. So the problem they have with Bray is they, they're committed to creating a character, but they're not committed to, like, seeing that character through. And, I mean, it's not the only person they have that problem with, but it's just one of the people. Because um, Bray is very character-driven. Now, I don't mind the fact that he can go back between the three. Like, if he's going back to the guy, you know, the Wyatt family version... For and you don't know which one you get. Fine, I'm okay with that. You know, if he's going to go back and forth between characters, that could be interesting. But if you're going to do that, like make something of it, you know, I just I, I haven't given it a chance yet because it only happened this week. But are we going to see him pop up for one off? Is he going to be that character again? Now they've just done with the Firefly Funhouse people. Like, what's the kind of going forward with it? The problem I have at this point in time is I truly don't think they know. <laughs> no and this is the thing which again mate we are just you're passing me the ball man i'm just shooting for the hoop so that leads me on to the smackdown hacker where remember him where the oh, hell has he gone <laughs> that seems to have just been abandoned and again it, it relates to what you're saying because they have no direction for this stuff they literally don't. And this is what was happening in WCW just before they went under. They were just making it up on the spot. And again, I said it a few weeks ago. I said to our mutual friend, you know, they don't know who the hacker is. Everyone's trying to guess who the hacker is. Oh, it's Ali. I was like, they don't know. Like, there is no plan for this. They just have a guy in a hoodie chatting shit. And, it, and the fact that he's now disappeared off the face of the earth suggests to me, again, like this Bray Wyatt stuff, they, there's no direction. There's no end goal. There's no end game to what they're doing. They're just trying to make the game week to week, try to just churn out whatever they can, and they're just making it up probably an hour before they, they go to TV. There is no long-term direction on any of this. Yeah, no. And that's the problem. It's like, 
you want to get invested in the storyline, but you've seen storylines again and again get dropped like a you know sack of shit, and then you know pick up a new one, and they then they want you to be invested in the storyline. Well, why should I invest in the storyline when you haven't completed previous ones? I mean, I'm not a professional writer, obviously, but surely common sense would tell you that surely you would start with where you want to finish. You you start with what you want. And then surely you work backwards from there to build a storyline. Like, I, I, I was listening to JR talk about how they used to book the Royal Rumble, and they would start with the winner, then you work backwards from there. Logic. I mean, that's not a genius thing to, to say. But I think it appears that WWE are just... They don't know what the end product is. They're just putting out TV every week with no end goal no all right this is where we're going to finish up but surely to me the logical thing would be to work backwards right yeah i mean that would make sense but they almost go their way sometimes because i know they um they sometimes book manias you know that's what they kind of do they think right where do i want to be at wrestlemania okay and they've done that for the last 10 years or so and they'll say right we want to have brock versus roman main event mania and they'll work back from there kind of you know, but the only plan is that one of them will have the title by then and the other one will be free to fight them by then. But there's no medium planning. There's no like, right, Survivor Series is coming up. What do we want for a Survivor Series? What do we want for the Rumble? What do we want for, you know, the big other cards, you know, the Summer Slams? They're not doing that. And they're not really doing it with storylines. Like I said, back in the great, you know, eras, even the 80s, 90s, early noise. You had a quality mid-card storyline story base. If you're only planning the main event of Mania and just saying, right, everything else will fall into place, then every other storyline is pointless. Every other storyline becomes redundant. And the best ones that have happened in the last couple of years are the ones that have happened organically. Kofi Mania, for instance. There was no plan for Kofi to be the champion that year. But he stole the show you know, in, in a couple of matches leading up to it. And you know what? We'll ride this wave to Mania fully the ones that happen organically are the ones that get over the most because they're not booking or planning anything and they're oh, let's talk about kofi shall we you know what the fuck has he done since losing time when 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 did he come out and said i want to have a go at brock again i want to you know where's he come out and said right you know i lost title and never got a rematch where's all of that <laughs> no he's throwing out pancakes oh, for god's sake you know what i mean it's just <laughs> still ridiculous. still five years on <laughs> Still throwing up pancakes. That same old ha ha he he. Man, this is great for for like three years or however long it's been since he's been carrying them. Um, but yeah, um, right. Let's go to news. Okay, so I guess the big news this week is, and I'm not trying to belittle any movements that are out there, but we now have a new movement. We have the Speak Out movement. Have you heard of this, Jamie? Yeah, I have, yeah. Okay, so there's the Speak Out movement where it's pretty similar from everything I've seen to the Me Too movement. Uh, However, this seems to be pretty big in wrestling, which is interesting because you never really 
heard much of the treatment of women behind the scenes in wrestling. No major stories. And I would put good money on the fact that they probably do have a lot of grievances back there. And it's just ironic that you've never heard anything about it until now. And it seems to be a particular big deal for the UK guys. There seems to be a lot of allegations coming out over at, against the guys in NXT UK. And there was one name in particular who was now on the main roster. Well, some weeks he was, whenever they felt like putting him on there. Gentleman Jack Gallagher is a name that keeps coming up repeatedly as someone who has uh, conducted, well, sexual misconduct, shall we say. And as a result, has been fired by WWE. So that's the big news this week. Again, I think it's one of those, and I'm not belittling the situation at all, but... I mean, gentleman Jack Gallagher, when was the last time he was anyone of any relevance in WWE? He's not. But big news this week is that he has been released. And rightfully so, by the way. If he has, if he is guilty of sexual misconduct, he 100% should be fired. But this is not a good look for WWE UK at all. As it seems to be a lot of those guys. And I'm sure there'll be more, but this is where we're at at the moment. Oh yeah, I mean, it's it's awful, and 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 thing is, you kind of want to put yourself in that position of not taking anything away from these women who have spoke out, and also not, you know, labeling someone as guilty before, um, you know, due diligence has been done. But I'm sure because the thing is, some of the people who have allegations made against them, WWE have said that we're investigating. You know, we'll, we'll look into it. I mean. You know, one of the people um, who was who was said to have been involved in this is Matt Riddle, and he got pushed this week. So I think they are looking at it to a case by case kind of basis. I'm hoping they're doing it on a factual basis rather than a well, this is a guy that we want to protect rather than a guy that we you know we can afford to lose. Um, but yeah, you've got you've got to just tread cautiously with this and take it on a case by case basis. I mean, there are some people who have multiple allegations, and that's where you start to really. Uh, look at it and go right well this guy's got a lot of multiple allegations you know we, we need to act you know versus sort of case by case ones but you know there's some big names in there there's some really big names in there um and i'm sure we're gonna get more of it as it goes on uh but yeah no it yeah it's it's just been a truly kind of shockwave sweep for for uk wrestling in particular yeah there will be more uh i the only thing i I'm shocked about is it's taken this long. That's the only thing that I'm shocked about because I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't think for a second that women have been treated with the utmost respect in the locker room for decades, along with black people, because we know the nature of the business. Uh, it's just interesting that now it's it's starting to come out, and I think there will be more. I think it will get a lot worse before it gets a lot better for for pro wrestling, should we say? No, and these things need to come to the fore so you know people don't think it's okay, and and it, and it gets dealt with, it gets sorted, and and people feel comfortable coming out. And you know, I think one of the things that women were saying is they never felt comfortable that you know when these things happened, they had anyone to go to to say this this had happened you know or they did you know it was a yeah these things happen you know if you want to have a career in wrestling keep quiet and carry on you know that's just that's not okay yeah agreed and that is pretty much my news for this week because that is dominating headlines so with that said let's do the good the bad the ugly 
the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, Monsoor Shelley, our final good, bad, ugly. Hit me with the good. Okay, the good is something we spoke about, or I mentioned a little bit a while ago. We've talked about the bad side of this as well, but... um. I'm putting it as Brian versus Styles um, for the IC title. I thought it was a great match. I really enjoyed the match. You know, two guys who, uh, you know, you want to build the greatest wrestling match this week, don't build it as Edge versus Randy Orton. Okay, build it as Brian versus Styles because these guys could both legitimately make claims to being some of the best wrestlers of all time. So, um, for me, that was a really good match. And the only thing that annoyed me about it and the only thing that irritated me about the match was the fact that it was on SmackDown, whereas, you know, you had a pretty dead-looking Backlash card, you know, two nights later. Why not have it at Backlash? Why not have that match at Backlash? It didn't make sense to me at all when you've got Hardy versus Sheamus faffing around and you've got the US title faffing around and you've got that weird segment with the Viking Raiders, etc. They were clearly begging for matches. And, and for me, Brian versus Styles would have been probably the standout match of the night. So... For me, Brian vs. Styles, although I'm saying good with a twinge of poorly booked. Yeah, I would say it's good. Uh, the only thing I would say is why it wasn't on Backlash, because if it was at Backlash, it would have been the best match of the night. And therefore, the greatest wrestling match of all time wouldn't have been. So that's the only reason why I can think that they purposely didn't put it on there because they know for a wrestling purist AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan is going to probably be the best match on any card especially in this climate so the only reason I'd say that they probably didn't do that is to protect their main event which they build as the greatest match ever uh so yeah that's so yeah I'd, I'd agree uh yeah. and yeah so what did you have for the bad right well the obvious thing to go for um would be the Viking Raiders versus the Street Profits. But I'm going to pick a particular part of it out. The bad for me this week is the giant ninja. <laughs> now, I just, I can't even begin to. It's such a over... You know, I had, like, ideas about, like, you know, the great Carly or, you know, uh, what was his face? Giant Gonzalez. Um, it just reeked of awfulness. And why is Tazawa now a ninja? You know, where is this? Where's the build up for this random? Because thing? he's Japanese, Jamie. That's why. Oh, honestly, <laughs> that, yeah. That's no. They needed a Japanese guy. They needed ninjas. And Vince walked into the locker room, saw the nearest Japanese guy, and said, You'll do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like with this mask faction thing they had on NXT. And it was just like, Yeah, I. I already worked for because this guy, you know, he's, he's, he's a member of the training. Uh, facility performance center and and you know they've been trying to work about how to use him because he is he's huge you know he's an absolute giant of a man does he have any you know kung fu background no is apparently the answer to that he is just a big tonk dude and when you've got someone like that like think of like you know your canes and stuff like that you know turn him into a monster make him into something legit you know terrifying this is ridiculous. He's he's done already. You know, he might be thinking, oh, man, I've made it. I'm on Backlash. I was on Raw. You know, as what? <laughs> you know, what are you doing? 
you know, I, I just thought the whole thing for me, I mean, it, it was a ridiculous part or a ridic- already ridiculous segment on Backlash. So for me, Tazao on the giant ninja, along with everything that happened in that weird cinematic match on Backlash. Yeah, I well, I already said what I felt about the the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits. In regards to the the big dude, I actually I actually heard about him a year ago because he kind of set the the internet world on fire because there was rumors that WWE had signed this dude that was like seven foot six or something insane like that. Um, who was who, he is bigger than the Big Show? So I'd actually heard about this guy and there. Are, apparently really excited about him i don't think i disagree that this has killed him because well look at kane before he was kane and look at like lots of various people before they became who they were i don't think this has killed him but i'm really intrigued purely because he's of his size he's a big fucker um, yeah make him a giant make him terrifying don't put him with akira dezawa yeah i think eventually they will get to that they'll have to they, they will have to. He is, I think he's probably got a job for life there purely as an attraction. For example, Great Carly. He's bigger than Great Carly. Great Carly yeah, was a god awful wrestler, but it's like, holy shit, have you seen that guy? Like, he is a big dude. So I think for that alone, his job prospects are safe. Uh, I'm actually intrigued to see where he goes, not as this ninja bullshit, but. In a couple of years' time, that's it. Would you not have rather for me? Like, I would rather have one of the champs in the ring. Like, for instance, right? You've got Braun Strowman, who is you know far and away bigger and stronger than anyone else on the card. To the point they're putting two people against him. Okay, would it not have been amazing for the giant ninja guy to come out as something other than the giant ninja and square up to Braun Strowman? You know. Showing him, you know, just how much bigger he is than him. You know, having that kind of shock and awe moment of this just huge dude coming out and dropping Braun Strowman. You know, in the same way that you had Giant Gonzalez come out and, and drop The Undertaker. You know, that those shock moments that I thought you could do. Agreed. But I just don't think... Like, I don't think he can wrestle. I don't think he's ready. I don't, I, I don't think, I think he's still an amateur. If they only signed him a year ago, it usually takes people about five years to get to to the things, to get to the main event. So the only reason I can think for that is that he can't wrestle. And for the love of God, you don't want to put someone in there that, <laughs> you know, that can't do his yeah. thing. They're using him as the attraction. Now, again, I, I agree with you that it's a lame attraction. But the only reason I can think that they're not doing it is that simply he can't wrestle. They need to teach him some stuff. The big guys like that, Big Show, Big Show doesn't get anywhere near enough credit as he should. For a guy that size, Big Show has pulled off some moves over the year, over the years. I mean, even Andre the Giant, he was massive, but he wasn't known for his technical wrestling prowess. He was good, but Big Show was doing spinning wheel kicks at one point <laughs> and drop kicks. That's, that's yeah, insane. Yeah. That's, I don't think Big Show will ever really be remembered for that, but uh, it's hard when you're when you're that big. So again, I'm intrigued to see where they go with with this dude because I had heard about him when I saw him. I did think, ah, oh, that must be the guy. Uh, I, I don't know his name. I forget his name. But that's Jordan the one. Ogumbenya. Oh, okay. Well, that's the one shining light in that 
fucking abomination of a storyline. It's so stupid. Like, really is. So, anyway, sorry. Uh, let's get back to it. So, the ugly. What have you got for the ugly? Right, the ugly is something that you've already mentioned. Something you mentioned in your news, but I had it all down as my, my ugly this week. Um, and that's speaking out. Um, just shows the ugly side of, of, of the industry. And, you know, not what you want to hear as, as wrestling fans, but, you know, something that needed saying. So, for me, the ugly in terms of, you know, not the women speaking out, but the actions that led to them um, in the first place. So, that was my ugly this week. Uh, are you surprised? You know, I said I wasn't surprised. Are you surprised about it? No, I'm not surprised. I, do you know, the only thing that surprised me more about it, and it wasn't... Um, it surprised me just the recent ones. You know, I th- always felt historically that had been the case. I didn't realise how entrenched it still was. Another thing that surprised me was just how rooted it was in the UK one. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's just, you know, English kind of British patriotism or you know it it surprised me that element of it but no it didn't surprise me that happened in the industry um at all you know um and you know I watch a lot of the um documentaries you know the um the ones that have on vice you know dark side of the ring and you kind of saw that you know a lot of this stuff was happening you know with the you know uh, fabulous moolah um and stuff like that but it was kind of you know you know, women being effectively pimped out, you know, in, in the 80s and stuff like that, you know. So I'm not surprised, and it's not something I hadn't ever heard of, but I was just surprised at how entrenched it still was and, and that the British scene was pretty rife with it. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's just, again, I think there's more to come. Uh, but the thing is, and this is the problem, is that wrestling has pretty much been dominated by one person for God knows how long. And if you say the wrong thing, that one person has just always been able to get rid of you. So, I mean, the landscape is a little bit different now with the arrival of AEW. uh, uh, And potentially that's why this this thing is all coming out now. But, uh, yeah, we'll... um, It's dangerous when anything is controlled by one person in any walk of life. And it, which is why it's ironic that when uh, Cody Rhodes comes out, what, what do they say at the start of his theme? Wrestling has more than one royal family. You know, it's always his little swipe to, to the McMahons. But up until recently, sorry, my friend, but I have to disagree because <laughs> it's, it's yeah. been the McMahons. You know? And that in itself has been a problem. I'm not accusing the McMahons of doing anything, but it's that fear factor of if you, you know, speak out or if you do anything wrong, like for heaven's sake, racism in wrestling is, is unbelievable, but yet you never hear anyone speak out. Well, why is that? Like that? I, I think I'm sure that's going to come eventually. Um, you've had, yeah, well, one- it's like the guys in football, you know, they were talking about, you know, at, at football camps, you know, coaches and stuff using, you know, yeah. racist language or, or, or racist stereotypes about black players. And black players didn't speak out because they were told that their future in football was dependent on these guys liking them and giving them a shot. Yeah. So yeah. you do, you know. And, you know, the, the WWE title is, what, nearly 70 years old. You've had one black, like, African-American, and I hate using that term, but African-American champion, one in 70 years. And the next one that comes close to that is Dwayne Johnson, who's half black and is Dwayne Johnson. So he's a megastar no matter whatever the fuck he does. So he, he's too big to fail, <laughs> you know, um, but that's embarrassing. 
and that's never brought up. So rarely is that brought up that that's right. the case. When you think about people like Booker T, like exactly. how did he never have a title? Yeah. Like, you know, you know Bobby Lashley as well. Like you know, you're telling me Bobby Lashley wasn't built like he's built an athletic and white. He wouldn't have been the champion. Exactly. You know, what's much difference between Brock Lesnar and you know uh, Bobby Lashley? It, as far as legitimacy goes, exactly. you know, there's not a huge difference. And JR says it every every week on his podcast. The greatest, uh, his greatest class that he ever signed had Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Dave Batista, and Shelton Benjamin. And he says three of them were world champions. One wasn't Shelton Benjamin. Well, what? Why not? What's the what's the most noticeable difference out of that when you look at that class? It's it's ridiculous, and you can't say it, it's not his in ring work because he's probably one of the best athletes they've ever had, legit ash athletes as well. But yeah, he's the only one that didn't get anywhere near a world title. Well, what, what's that all about? And, and it's not even that. It's, we're talking about the characters as well. Like you know, yeah. we've mentioned it previously. You know, if we're talking about you know the street profits. You know, they are they're not a million miles away from crime time. You know, no, they the are. <laughs> it's, it is. It is. It's, it's, it's more of a you know less sort of criminal element to it. Yeah. But it's still got that kind of it's you know the PG you know, version. They are, and they're so urban. Yeah, it really is. It really yeah. fully is. Like, they oh. are a, a kind of rip-off version, and we've had versions of... I mean, you know, you haven't got to go far to find racist versions of... Well, not just black, but, you know, we, did, we just joked about the ninja element, you know. Every Mexican's a luchador, or they're, you know, lying, cheating, and stealing, and riding in on, you know, grass cutters, and, and you know, every British person drinks tea and is formal, and... Is a gentleman... Every British yeah. wrestler, yeah, and I, I, I know some of them are stereotypes and some of them are racist, and I, I totally get the difference. But it's and they do it to Americans as well. You have the all American Americans, so I'm not saying it's not a case there as well. But it's just you know, how are they not at this point in time seeing that? You know, they're going to get to a point where they are being called out for it, um, and. I'm surprised people who have kind of been in the past and can't, like, for, for example, I'm going to give you just a couple of examples, right? Booker T, Mark Henry, okay? Um, Farouk, you know, all guys who, for me, could have at some point been world champion. And, and I don't know how they missed a the ball with Mark Henry when he did that fake retirement speech. That was a perfect time to put him on it, but that, that's another day. Um, why are they not coming out and calling it now? I know they made their money in, in WWE, but for me, I'd want them people to be out and saying, right, look, we need to have more. And actually, you know, really just, be, you know, coming out and, and putting themselves at the front of that movement to help guys who have come through now. Because I do still worry that the next generation of Asian black wrestlers aren't going to get to the heights of champion. And another example is not just in the men's division, in the women's as well, you know. Um, Bianca Belair... Why is she being held so far back when, for me, she's, again, probably one of the best athletes, male, female, in the roster right now? You know, where's yeah. she going? And she can't even get on TV right now. She, she's done. She got called up and she lasted two weeks and she's gone. It's, it's ridiculous. It really is. Absolutely. But um, yeah, you know, Lacey Evans comes through, can't wrestle. And she <laughs> gets put in world title. Yes. Like, what's the difference between Bianca Belair and Lacey Evans? Yeah. Weigh that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and that rounds up <laughs> an extended version of the good, the bad, the ugly.
the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, we start with the ugly, just the full ugliness of the of the wrestling industry. There, <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think it was fitting. I think it's a good place to finish on. Quite frankly, uh, well, in the current uh, time, it you know it needs to be said. You know, yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, and on that note, I'm actually done. I have nothing else to uh, to bring up on this week's season two finale. Uh, what about you, Jamie? The only thing I want to finish on is just to say that, you know, as negative as this last podcast has been, you know, me and you are both big wrestling fans. And I'm hoping when we come back for season three, okay, because something's going to have to make us make season three. And for me, it's going to be a turnaround in the current product. I need to be sucked back in because right now football is back. I'm going back to work. I don't have enough time in my week to watch programming that isn't interesting, entertaining. So the final thing for me is just a plea to wrestling to just, make some improvements okay what you know systematic improvements in the way they run their business but also just improve the product because right now guys it's it's a hard watch yeah and i'm looking forward to the break i'm looking forward to not having to watch raw every week i'll, I'll probably watch i'll watch uh, dynamite and i'll watch the odd smackdown here and there and i will obviously watch all the pay-per-views but um, I'm not going to religiously... Wa- I stopped watching NXT a long time ago. A long time ago. Uh, but I'm not going to religiously watch Raw anymore because I just can't do it. Like, I-, I can't sit there for three hours anymore and do it. But uh, unless I have a reason to. So I will keep up with Dynamite and the odd Smackdown. But- and, of course, the pay-per-views. But, yeah, uh, for the rest of it, yeah, I just don't... I have zero interest in doing it. I agree, mate. I agree. And I'm with you as well. So let's please to the wrestling world, you know, just come on, give us something to be positive about. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we open season three up with, wow, wrestling is back. It's been so awesome. I can't believe it. It was so good. We had to come back. <laughs> That's what I want to. That's what we want. Exactly. Uh, we'll see. It remains to be seen. All right, Jamie Shelley. It's been a pleasure as always. And uh, I will catch you on the next episode of the Full Nelson Podcast, whenever that may be. Thanks, guys. Have a good break and stay safe. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next episode.